It's time to tee it high and let it fly. Hi again, everyone. I'm Ed Clements along with Scotty Sayers, and welcome to the 15th Club on KLBJ Radio, our show proudly brought to you by Texas Mutual Insurance, ABC Bank, the Salt Lake Barbecue, the Naughty Deck and Bar at the Austin Renaissance Hotel, Maudie's Tex-Mex, the Muni Conservancy, Donald Ross Sportswear, Adele Golf, and by Zilker Belt. Scotty, good afternoon. Busy time in golf. It is the playoff time. The PGA Tour is in Memphis, Tennessee. The top 70 players on the PGA Tour are vying for the top 50 spots, then the top 30 stop spots. It's a playoff time. Uh, I'm not sure if it's grabbing the country, uh, but uh, it is what it is. This is the August PGA Tour. No more PGA Championship, so... Uh, fans will just be watching the playoffs for the next few weeks before the Ryder Cup in September in Rome. You know, Ed, um, good afternoon, first of all. And I, I find amateur golf uh, this time of year just as interesting. Uh, for example, the ladies are playing the uh, Women's Am out at Bel Air Country Club uh, this week. It's been exciting. Fun to see Bel Air on TV very much. But uh, And then the, the Men's Am uh, coming up soon. Uh, plus local amateur golf. I think that's that's a lot of fun. And we had a, a, a repeater, I guess, winning another major this year on the city level, uh, Nick Schaefer, who won the firecracker with a birdie on the last hole. He comes from behind and wins the men's city championship. He put together three really good rounds, finished at minus eight. First round, 72. Second round, 66. Third round, 69. He won by three shots over Jonathan Alden. And Alden, didn't he get second place in the firecracker? He did. Uh, just missed a putt on the last hole to send it into a playoff. So, And I think he was second in the firecracker the year before. Wow. Wow. So uh, exciting things in local city golf and one more thing trevor merrill who's going to be playing at missouri the former anderson high star man he was in really good shape struggled with the 74 in the final round last weekend to finish four strokes off the pace tied philip schmitz for uh for three our friend jack sasermano i can't i can always pronounce mispronounce jack's last name but jack had another good tournament as he finished in a t5 and our friend ben winter had a tie for seven so Amateur golf in Austin is strong. We have so many great men's and women's players, and it's on display just about every weekend. Well, it is, and um, let me talk about the other uh, city winners as well. Uh, Caden Frierson was Lowe Jr., and this was all at Roy Kaiser, which I've heard is in just spectacular yeah, shape I've heard too. this summer. So uh, congratulations to Caden. Uh, Joe Ramos was the low senior this year in the city championship, and Estelle Beck defended her championship wow. for the for the ladies. So, you know, Ed, uh, talking about amateur golf, they released some numbers this week uh, about golfers in the United States, and there are now 39.6 million on-course golfers that play 9 or 18 holes. That's up from 34%. Uh, it's up 34% from 29.6 million in 2016. So since since 2016 and COVID, and obviously that helped, 
10 million more people have come to the game. Isn't that great? It is really something because the numbers before COVID, golf, some golf courses around the country were closing, struggling. But the darn pandemic, a byproduct of that, people found golf and discovered golf and back on the golf courses. And uh, we don't have enough local public golf courses in Austin. Let me repeat that. We don't have enough public golf courses uh, because they are packed all the time from Kaiser to Clay uh, to Muni to Mo Willie uh, out there, the old Circle C. It is, it is always crowded on Austin public golf courses, and that's just another reason why we must save Lions Municipal, the most played municipal golf course uh, in town, the highest number of rounds of any golf course in town, and the more charity golf tournaments than any golf course in town. And all the high school teams that practice out there in the Austin Golf Academy, but but all these courses have their own personality and their own history. None have a history quite like Muni, except perhaps Hancock, Mm -hmm. which, uh, you know, brings to mind what will happen to Hancock. I, I would personally love to see some kind of a uh, public-private partnership uh, like what happened at Butler Park. Yeah. Uh, The group, Jason Black's group uh, and the New Waterloo people, with Lynn Shackelford's help, repurposed Butler Park, and they're going to play 100,000 rounds there this year. Now, think about that, how many golfers that accommodates – and especially beginning golfers or those who haven't played a lot of rounds of golf, but you got to play nine good holes and get the ball in the hole. So it's it's real golf. It's not you know it's not some funky game or right. virtual golf or anything. Right. It's real golf. And Hancock, I wish they the city just doesn't spend any money out there. The last time I was out there, fairways in terrible shape, greens in terrible shape. It's ragged. I know uh, they try out there, but it's it's on the honor system because when you go play. And uh, not in this heat, but in the springtime and in the fall, I regularly go out early in the mornings and get get a bag, and I just get a walk out there, and it's very pleasant for seniors. I think it's fifteen bucks. Uh, older, you know, younger, it's like eighteen bucks. But you're on the honor system. But there are people out there who will chase you down and say, "Show me your 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 receipt." But I just wish the city would take it seriously over there. They don't. I know uh, we spend a whole bunch of money in this town, not for parks and recreation for. A lot of things, homeless and daycare centers and things like that. But, gosh, I I, I hope Hancock is going to be there for years. But that would be great if it could be a private par- private public partnership. Yeah, and there have been some plans uh, pre-COVID that were that were floated out, and it would give the neighborhood uh, maybe a eight or nine acre walking trail through there, protected walking trail, and then uh, a really nice par three course driving range, uh, junior uh, teaching center, short game center, and maybe something like Wee Links for the, for the young kids. I mean, it's 45 acres over there. So it would take, you know, somewhere in the 4 to $5 million range, which the city's not willing to commit. So why not make it a public-private partnership? City gets a percentage of the, of the gross over there, and everybody wins. I'm surprised the Commodore Perry folks have not gotten involved. The beautiful hotel and restaurant and recreation area it's high dollar over there but it seems like that would be a natural for people who travel from around the world to stay at the now world-renowned commodore perry uh to get in some kind of private uh, public partnership because 
that is such an asset over there. If you've not been to the Commodore Perry, it's pricey to eat there, but the grounds are gorgeous, and you think that would be a natural for them to have that as an added benefit for someone traveling to Austin, just walk across the street and play golf. Yeah, and they think about this with, with beautiful zoysia grass over there and everything. It helps their uh, what they're seeing out their windows. Yeah. Uh, beautiful trees on the property. It was the original Austin Country Club in 1899. But uh, if you were having a wedding party, for example, and had had your wedding stage there, wouldn't you have the the bachelor party or a way to entertain the guests? Exactly. Nine holes playing there. And the people in the neighborhood there in, in Hyde Park, uh, what a great asset. And they, they love they love it. They don't want to see buildings there. No. Uh, they don't want to see condos and office no. buildings and shopping centers where the original, you know, second nine at Austin Country Club was. That's Hancock Center. It's Hancock Center. So that was it, the golf course. Yeah, so we got to protect what was one of the oldest sites for golf in Texas. And their history there. You, you go down the street uh, near uh, behind the number eight green along number nine fairway, and there's Harvey Pinnock's house right there. There's Cactus Pryor's house right there. And Morris Williams Morris was two Williams. doors down. Uh, Morris Williams Sr., who wrote for the Austin American Statesman, and Morris Williams, who was uh, killed during a training mission and they said he was going to be the next Arnold Palmer. Yeah. Now, of course, that was before Arnold Palmer. That's so, what Dan, yeah. Dan Jenkins told us out at Augusta he, because he faced Morris Williams when there. Uh, Morris Williams played for Texas and Dan for TCU, and he played him two years in a row for the championship of the Southwest Conference. It was a match play deal, and he recognized the, the capability of the game of Morris Williams. And he told us one time, Morris Williams Jr. was Arnold Palmer, before Arnold Palmer. There you go. Charismatic and a great game and just a, a great guy, and he beat Dan twice for, yeah. the, for the Southwest Conference Championship. Yeah, so let's, you know, and again, we're all about the Save Muni effort, so let's be sure and recognize all this golf history in Austin. Let's make sure the, the program stays stable everywhere and that we keep all 18 holes at lines because you tell you what, you lose 60,000 rounds, and a big practice facility in uh, Austin Golf suddenly is one of the worst in the country. It would be. Because right now we're middle of the road. We're behind San Antonio, Austin, Houston, Fort Worth. Uh, boy, we need to hang in there. When we come back, we're going to talk about the players that you are not seeing at the playoffs this weekend in Memphis and much, much more. This is the 15th Club on KLBJ Radio, proudly brought to you by Texas Mutual Insurance and by ABC Bank. Scotty and I will return with more right after this on News Radio 590 KLBJ. Welcome back to the 15th Club on KLBJ Radio. Ed Clements and Scotty Sayers, 15th Club, proudly brought to you by Texas Mutual Insurance and by ABC Bank. They're playing in Memphis this weekend. The top 70 players in the PGA Tour, they call it the playoffs. It's different. This is the first time ever, Scotty, that it's the top 70 players, not the top 125. It's somewhat of a strange situation. They go 70 this week, 50 next week, and then 30 in the Tour Championship at Eastlake in Atlanta. I'm really not sure I like this because you have a tremendous amount of players who fought their guts out, and those who are 71 and above are at home this weekend. Your thoughts on this new modified tour championship? Well, it's certainly uh, the way the tour is moving uh, towards the smaller fields next year, and a lot of the tournaments will be no cut. And I don't like that. I, I don't like it. it. It takes the young players that are trying to make their name, unless they're really, really good, it takes them uh, – 
really to a struggling position, it makes it really hard for them, don't you think? I do, I do. You think about the Cootie brothers, Pearson and Parker, I think both of them may be getting on the PGA Tour list. One of them will get a card, but they're not top 70. They're just they're getting on the tour, and they're going to be eliminated from so many of these these limited fields, and they will not have the opportunity to go out and uh, make a mark. It's kind of, they can still do it, but they've just got a, a limited number of tournaments, which I, I don't like. And I just I, I think it's golf has always been you tee it up on Thursday, and if you play well, you're going to make a check on Sunday. If not, you go home and you got to practice, and that's the way it is. It's But now it just seems like with live – and um, I don't know. I just it just it bothers me. It's going this way. So some of the players that aren't at Memphis this week that just missed out last week, which was which was pretty entertaining to watch them tr- yeah. try to struggle and get in there. Um, Justin Thomas. I mean, we we watched him. They showed virtually every shot he made for four days at Wyndham. Uh, because I guess he was a bigger story than even the guys at the top of the leaderboard. I, I think he was because Justin Thomas is a, a major winner, and the guy is out there a lot. He's he's gotten out of a lot of TV ads, and he's part of the the bros with Ricky Fowler and and Jordan Spieth and Smiley Kaufman, and yeah, uh, uh, and and his his next to the last final shot uh, last Sunday on the chip. I don't know how that thing didn't go in, and if that would have gone in, he would have made this week's field. Well, it didn't go in because it was going about sixty miles an hour. But it, but it, you know, but you've seen them go in oh, like sure, that. Oh, yeah. Bounce off the pin. Yeah. And it and it hit it pretty dead on. But the thing is, at that point, he thought he was number seventy, and all he mm. had to do was make a par. Uh. And it turns out Ben Griffin ended up number seventy on the points Who? list. Who? Uh, ben Griffin. I couldn't. Journeyman. Pick, who, I, I couldn't pick him out of a police lineup. I'm sorry to say. No, but he has played probably more tournaments this year. You know, starting last fall, uh, and just accumulated a lot of FedEx points. points. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of guys. This guy, uh, Vincent Norman, who's number. 68. I don't know who Vincent Norman is. Yeah. Sorry. Of course, we know Bo Hostler is in the 60s. Bo Hostler was 66. This guy, Matthew Naismith, no relation to the monkey, Michael, (laughs) was 67. Yeah. So, I mean, you've got a lot of of guys. Now, right on the other side of Justin Thomas at 72, Adam Scott. Yeah. Who four-putted from three feet. He had a birdie Mm. putt on Saturday on Mm. one of the later holes. Four putted from three feet, man. If he knocks in that birdie, he's number seventy. Yeah. Shane Lowry's not in. Is that correct, Shane Lowry? Shane Lowry's not in, and we'll talk about Ryder Cup a little bit next segment. But Shane Lowry is probably going to be on the European team. He should be. He should be for, for sure mm-hmm. because their team is struggling a little bit with the live defectors. Right. But uh, Justin Thomas, do you think? Do you think he showed enough to make the Ryder Cup team? Well, we discussed this on last week's show with Mark Brooks, and Ben was on with us, Ben Clements, and I, I, I like Justin Thomas. He's, he like, he's won a major, but I think you look at the body of the work over the last year, and his body of work over the last year is not very good. And I would rather have Cameron Young, and I know we had this discussion last Saturday. Cameron Young hasn't won yet on the PGA Tour, but Cameron Young has come close. He's play, played well in the majors. He was runner-up two years ago uh, at the at the British Open. I would rather have a Cameron Young, uh, someone, even though he hadn't won, but someone who's on the uptick, much like Scotty Scheffler was, the last Ryder Cup, at when Scotty was named to the team and he played brilliantly, 
he had not won on tour. Uh, I like Justin Thomas, but I think it would be an affront to those other guys if uh, if he is picked over some of the guys that are currently top 12. Well, I think the next three weeks will determine that. I mean, look, Cameron Young um, is number eight on the points. Uh, we could Let's just go ahead and run down uh, the U.S. team right now. Okay. The automatics are Scotty Scheffler, Wyndham Clark. They're already automatically yeah. in, no matter what happens. And Wyndham Clark's never played in a Ryder Cup, but he's played beautifully, won the U.S. Open at L.A. Country Club. Another that had never played Ryder Cup, Brian Harmon. Brian Harmon, the yeah. winner of the British Open, gritty. It's it's a, yeah. I, I, and then Brooks Kepka, Xander yeah. Schauffele, and Patrick Cantley. Those are the top six mm-hmm. right now. With Max Homa, Cameron Young, Jordan Spieth, Keegan Bradley, Morikawa, you know, and Ricky, those are the next six on the points. Those guys have a chance to move up right. in these next three weeks. And right. they can, you know, Cameron Young, he can play his way on the team. He can play his way on the team. But as you look at that list, I think the odd man out, and we said Cameron Young, and maybe is Keegan Bradley an odd man out? He's a major winner. He's got Ryder Cup experience. But I... I don't. Does he fit the narrative for the Ryder Cup? He's not a bro. He's not. He's not a buddy. I don't think. But he's a heck of a player. Yeah, you remember Ryan Moore played his way onto the Ryder Cup a few years ago. I think it was at Hazeltine, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's doable for some of these guys that have three tournaments to go. Justin Thomas doesn't. No. He's shut out. Uh, but these guys have three tournaments to go, and they're limited field tournaments. Yeah, they they're are. 70, 50, and 30, so a lot more to be determined, I think, with the U.S. team. And it's going to be interesting, and, man, does Zach Johnson have the luxury of having six at-large picks. You've talked about that with Ben Crenshaw, just anguished with the two picks he had in 1999 uh, at the country club. I can't imagine having six captain's picks where you have the luxury of doing that is it a luxury or is it a lot of pressure because if you have like ben had 10 automatic qualifiers Mm. sure it was hard figuring out what two to add to the team he took number 11 and number 13 on the points after the was that layman and steve Yes, Layman and Pate. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I don't know. That's interesting because I don't, I don't know. It's it's two, six, whatever. There's going to be pressure. Yeah, I, the Europeans certainly need six because um, their, you know, their tour has been really messed up because of the, uh, you know, just because of live and everything else. But they've got nine really really good players that that will definitely be on that European team. Mm-hmm. But they don't have. Uh, the Ian Poulter, who usually plays Ryder Cup. They won't have the Sergio Garcia, who's won more points than anyone in the history of the Ryder Cup. So it's going to be different. They've got a solid team, don't get me wrong, but they've got a few suspects at the end of the uh, 10, 11, and 12 to me. Yeah, let's go ahead and talk about it. you got Rory, you got John Rahm, you got this Robert McIntyre, who nearly won the Scottish Open. Left-handed Scotsman. Really good. you got Tommy Fleetwood. Great. Really good. Uh, Victor Perez, who's just played lights mm-hmm. out for the last couple of years. Shane Lowry, Terrell Hatton, uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick, Victor Hovland. I mean, see, I mean, see there's yeah. nine good players. Yeah. And it's kind of time for the Europeans anyway to uh, maybe move on from the Lee Westwoods and the Ian Poulter yeah, and they're the older. Henrik Stenson. Yeah. You know, yeah. Henrik Stenson. It's just... Uh, uh, it's a changing of the guard for them. And let's face it, the Americans will have some new faces on their team as well. 
that it we will. talked about. So, yeah. or some with maybe just one Ryder Cup experience. So, um, a little bit different than what we've seen in the past. With but, I, I think it's all good. I think I, it's, I think it's going to be good too because of the Hovlands and the Rorys and that that group. All right, we need to take a break for the news. After the break for the news, more on the Fifteenth Club on KLBJ Radio, brought to you by Texas Mutual Insurance and by ABC Bank. Back with more after this on KLBJ. Welcome back to the 15th Club on KLBJ Radio. Ed Clements and Scotty Sayers on this Saturday afternoon. End Zone Club to follow our show with Ben Clements and Ed. Our show proudly brought to you by Texas Mutual Insurance and by ABC Bank with assistance from Salt Lake Barbecue, great Texas barbecue from Scott and the gang, the Naughty Deck and Bar at the Austin Renaissance Hotel, Maudie's Tex-Mex, the Muni Conservancy, Donald Ross Sportswear, Adele Goff, and by Zilker Belts. Scotty, last Saturday we talked a lot in the second hour about the reconfiguration of college football as it is the landscape has changed dramatically with uh, the new Big 12. Of course, Texas and Oklahoma going to the SEC. Next year we'll have our final year of football in just a few weeks with the Longhorns in Oklahoma in the Big 12. Then they go to the SEC, but major moves in the in the Big 12, with Arizona coming, Arizona State, Utah, Colorado, uh, and those Arizona schools bring an element to spring sports with not only uh, baseball but golf. Man, oh, man, the new Big 12 is going to be really, really good for the sport of golf. It is. The Big 12, I think, going in is uh... – well, after next year, after the realignment, even though they lose Texas. And Oklahoma's had a good run in golf recently. I think the Big 12, with all those really strong, good weather climate teams, mm-hmm. uh, that may be the that may become the a little bit better golf than what we're going to see it in the SEC. The SEC is going to be good. SEC is always good. Think of all the tour players from Georgia, Florida. Uh, there are a lot of good tour Alabama. players. Alabama, of course, and now Texas and, and Oklahoma bringing good players. Now, it's going to be interesting to see because I've been reading this week there's been an, an undercurrent, especially from the West Coast, the schools not call football are saying, whoa, 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 whoa. We don't want to. We don't want, especially I shouldn't say basketball, but the spring sports are saying we need to keep the conference model for the spring sports, baseball, tennis, uh, golf and the women's sports because the travel would be just crazy for baseball. For example, in the in the new Big Ten, can you imagine USC going to Minnesota for a series in March? Uh-oh, it's postponed because it's still snowing. And uh, there's, a, there's a movement up front, I think, by, by some who say, let football be football and the other sports, especially uh, the Olympic-style sports, Make it be a conference deal. Yeah, golf. You know, since it's a golf show, we talk the way it affects golf. Yeah. It uh, it doesn't really affect golf so much the 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 non regional aspect of it where they're spread out more uh, because honestly, you go play in a lot of tournaments around the country, and then it's only late in the spring when you have when Texas will have the SEC championship or they'll have the Big Twelve championship with you know their sixteen schools. Mm-hmm. 
and it'll be at some site, and everybody will go to that site, and that's that's that's, it, that's yeah. only a one-off. Yeah, that's a one-off. And yeah. then if they make the NCAA's, that's you know, or then they go regional, and then they go NCAA's. That's stuff they're doing now, and you never know where you're going and all that anyway. So golf, golf's not like a home and home or any Good of point. That, any yeah. of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Doesn't affect it so much. Uh, the Texas team. The men's team, we talked to Bentley Cotton about the ladies' team a couple of weeks ago. Uh, the men's team is absolutely loaded uh, with Christian Moss, Brian Stark, Tommy Morrison, Keaton Vaux, uh, Jacob, Jacob Sosa. Sosa, and this uh, transfer, Nathan Petronzio. From SMU. SMU and Lake Travis. Really fine player, yeah. Yeah, and uh, so they are, uh, my goodness, they what a team Texas is going to have next year. Seven to nine. There's a couple other really good players on that team, too. Uh, good players that will be competitive for the five uh, spots in each tournament. And uh, John Fields has a – it's a good problem and a bad problem. It's hard to tell a player, hey, you're not going with us this week. It is really difficult because that came up last year. But he just has, you know, with Christian Moss coming back, Christian Moss, as you said, Morrison – it, it's it's just an awesome awesome team that they have, and it's a good problem to have. You're going to have competition every week, but uh, you're right about talking about uh, the new Big Twelve with golf. That's going to be tremendous, and uh, Texas and the SEC. So, golf is so viable now in college sports, where you have more players staying longer. For example, uh, 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 Aberg from Texas Tech. He became the first player to go from college directly to the PGA Tour, and he's made the most of it this year, and he's a possible dark horse selection for Luke Donald to be on the Ryder Cup because he's been playing so well. But the opportunities are there. Uh, Brian Stark, uh, the Longhorn, the transfer from Oklahoma State, uh, Brian is on the PGA Tour watch list. He's in the top ten, so he plays well uh, in uh, this coming year. He could get a ticket to the PGA Tour. Yeah, I mean it's, that's that's what's fun about college golf now. And then they have the uh, PGA Tour University. That's it. That's yeah, what I'm, yeah, and that's what you're talking about. So, yeah, yeah, it's a it's a huge deal. Can we talk right. about a, 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 an honor that I really didn't realize they did? They put look and see what the PGA players did at the majors, and they have a trophy for that now. I didn't ever realize this. Yeah, they have one called the Royal. Selinger, uh, it's L-E-L-A-N-G-O-R tournament. Um, it was sort of created um, you know, just out of the blue a few years ago, and what it does is it tracks the scores of the players that make all four major championship cuts. Hmm. This year, Scotty Scheffler won, uh, and... 18 under par was his cumulative total for the 2023 majors. And he didn't win a And he didn't win. Victor Hovland was second, <laughs> minus 16, and he didn't win. He didn't win one. John Rahm was third. He won minus Augusta. 13, he won. Kepka was fourth. He won PGA. Uh, last year, I think Roy won the Royal Selinger Trophy. He, he didn't, didn't win. win. He didn't so, win a major. Yeah. So it, it's it's nice to have that honor. And there is actually a trophy with the names on it. Beautiful trophy. Um, 
I don't know. Is that a big deal or is that well, just some I, I think concocted deal? I think it's pretty cool to, to realize that Scotty Scheffler, who didn't win a major, had the lowest cumulative score at the majors. I think that's really, really neat. And uh, is Brian Harmon in, on that list at all in the top? Brian? I think he missed the cut at one of them. See, I if you miss the cut at one of them, you're ineligible. Mm-hmm. And and uh, the trophy was conceived by this guy, Colin McGivray, uh, an architect who was working in Malaysia at the time the World Cup came there mm-hmm. uh, so that Tiger Woods could be presented with that honor. <laughs> so... Uh, I don't know. Royal Selinger and, and McGivoray continue to track that score annually. Um, some people think it's it's something that should get some attention and, and be rewarded with at least some kind of acknowledgement. I think Scotty Scheffler and those American players, I think it's probably uh, nice that he's got the lowest score, but I think they would uh, rather win the, the Ryder Cup at uh, foreign territory. Well, there's only uh, 12 guys that actually made the cut at all for the majors. So there you go. Hmm. It's a it's hard to even do that. Yeah, yeah. The United States in the Ryder Cup, they haven't won on European soil in so long, which is hard for me to believe. But it it is what it is because Europe is dominated. Europe really has dominated the Ryder Cup. You know, Ben Crenshaw's team won in '99. Uh, Europe won in 2002, 2004, 2006, 2010, 12, 14, and 18. So the United States would love to win in Rome. And it's, it's, it's such a different Ryder Cup since they got all of mainland Europe in play. In the old days, the U.S. dominated so much when it was just the U.S. versus Britain and Scotland. But it's a different Ryder Cup. And I bet Scotty and those guys would rather win the Ryder Cup than maybe this trophy for having the low rounds in the majors. I think the European crowds are going to be—they're uh, going to be really excited about this because they haven't seen a lot of good golf over there this year uh, because of the live defections and their tour has been a little down. So they're going to be rabid. Hey, it's been fun today. Thank you for joining us on the Fifteenth Club. Our show brought to you by Texas Mutual Insurance and ABC Bank. Don't go away. The End Zone Club is next after the news on News Radio Five Ninety KLBJ. Welcome back to the 15th Club on KOBJ Radio. Our show proudly brought to you by Texas Mutual Insurance, ABC Bank, Silker Belts, Adele Golf, Donald Ross Sportswear, the Muni Conservancy, Maudie's Tex-Mex, the Naughty Deck and Bar at the Austin Renaissance Hotel, and Salt Lick Barbecue. I'm Ed Clements along with Scotty Sears as we talk golf. Playoff time, the players are in Memphis, uh, the It'll be cut down from 70 to 50 after tomorrow afternoon. And then ultimately, there'll be the 30 top players at East Lake in Atlanta for the Tour Championship. That will end August and then September, late September. It'll be the Ryder Cup in Rome, Italy, the U.S. versus the European team. Still don't know the final teams yet for either side, but uh, it appears it will be a very, very competitive, competitive Ryder Cup. Scotty, I want to ask you about one guy who won't be on the Ryder Cup for the USA, is Bryson DeChambeau. Shot a 58 last weekend, last Sunday, uh, at Greenbrier to win on the Live Tour. A 58. And many people ask me this weekend, why isn't Bryson DeChambeau being considered for the Ryder Cup? Because he's playing really well right now. Could you explain that to our listeners, why he's not even on Zach Johnson's radar? I may he could be on the radar, but points-wise he's not. Well, I don't think he is. It, uh, it's 
he's 50, like 58th on the points list because you don't get any points for live. You don't get any world golf ranking points or anything. And frankly, he's been a bit of an also ran on the live tour this year. He's had some moments, but mm-hmm. finishing 61 58, uh, he says, uh, it's because of his driver. Do you happen to know what kind of driver he was playing? I don't know what kind of driver he played last weekend. It was a crank golf Formula <laughs> 5. I've never heard of crank golf. <laughs> I don't know. It's K-R-A-N-K. I don't know if everybody will be running out to get them. I don't even know if they're on the market. Uh, but he attributes it to that. He says, hit it on the toe, the heel. It doesn't matter. Everything comes back to the middle of the fairway. So I'm saying, my see, my Adels are like that, uh-huh. my, my, my single-length Adels, which, by the way, Bryson used to play when he, he came up on tour. Yeah. Um, but, man, if I can hit my driver on the heel, toe, And just go back bottom, to the center? Yeah. Sign me up for that. I've never heard of that. But DeChambeau is one of those players on live you kind of forget about. Same thing for Dustin Johnson. Dustin Johnson has been a mainstay on Ryder Cup teams uh, the last few cycles. He will not be on the Ryder Cup, which uh, I think I'm, I'm all for the Max Homas and Brian Harmons and those guys getting on. But I tell you what, DeChambeau historically has been one of our best, and so has Dustin Johnson. Uh, they've, yeah, they've certainly had their Ryder Cup moments. I, I don't have their records in front of me, but um, – They've had their moments for sure, but but our team's going to be our team's going to be strong enough without bringing all the politics of live back yeah. into play yeah. and such. And with Tiger now on the on the player board, that's an interesting situation. I guess if Tiger went to Zach Johnson and said, "Hey, you need to take these guys," mm-hmm. I guess what he probably would. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, they released some new details of the tour within the last 10 days on next year's tour, and the tour is going to return to a calendar year season for the first time in a decade with 39 regular season events and a further eight in the post-playoff fall series. Twelve non-major tour events have designated status, meaning lucrative purses and limited fields. The AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am will become a designated event. Uh, the tournament director for the AT&T, Steve John, declined comment until the tour made a formal uh, announcement on it, but that's going to be interesting. That's a limited field, and historically, Scotty, when they play at Pebble Beach, Bing Crosby started in the in the fifties. That's a huge field because you've got the titans of industry matched up with pros. That is so interesting. Uh, how they're going to figure out whether the corporate guys get the get the celebrity spots or the movie stars mm-hmm. and the recording artists. I mean, is our friend Lucas Nelson? who played with Bo Hostler and played well the last couple of right. years. Um, everybody you loved seeing out there for years, I mean, under this new format, who knows, Jack Lemmon might have gotten bumped back 20 years ago. <laughs> it's uh, that, that, to me, is, is kind of a stunner because I, not, I honestly tuned into that tournament as much to watch the amateurs uh, on the first couple of days and the golf course. Yeah. Uh, of course, Pebble uh, on the weekend, but my gosh, that's going to be really different. It really will be because in in the past few years, let's be honest, a lot of the top players have stayed away because of the six-hour rounds 
at the golf courses. Uh, but now it's a mandatory event, designated event. They'll be there. The designated events, of course, the Century Tournament of Champions at one of the core Crenshaw courses at Kapalua. Then you'll have the AT and Pebble Beach Pro Am. Two weeks after that, sandwiched in between the Phoenix Open, that's Super Bowl weekend, the Genesis Invitational, that's Tigers Tournament at Riviera, February 15th to the 18th. Arnold Palmer Invitational will be a designated event. Of course, the Players Championship, a designated event, which is interesting because usually that's a huge field. Of course, uh, you'll have the RBC Heritage the week after the Masters as a designated event, which I disagree on. Why do you have a designated event right the week after the Masters when everybody is spent after playing in the in the Masters? Any any thoughts on that? To make sure they get a good field. I guess so. Uh, the Wells Fargo <laughs> Championship designated. Of course, the PGA Championship in Valhalla. Jack's Tournament, the Memorial. The U.S. Open is at Pinehurst, the Travelers Championship. Uh, and on and on and on. It's kind of sad to look at the schedule because uh, the Austin date has been taken away. Uh, it's, uh, it is now uh, the Texas Children's Houston Open, no deck Dell Technologies match play, which is hard to swallow. But uh, after that, it's Valero, Texas Open, and then the Masters, April 11th through the 14th. Yeah, that Texas Children's Hospital is a, a really good charity. Right? It's a is great that, charity. Yeah. 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 And just like Dell, Dell was, and they had a lot of first-team money. Yeah. Uh, they had the Dell Children's Hospital. Now, but rewind one thing before we moved on from Pebble Beach. Do you think this means every round of the tournament with only 70 players will be at Pebble Beach instead of having – those other courses, mm. you would think so. You would think so with that feel. I don't know how many you can get on the because well, I don't know. I See, don't know. that's that's just like Sunday at Saturday, you know Sunday yeah. at Pebble Beach. It is like Sunday with top sixty. Yeah, it is. And they'll probably cut the AMs after Saturday uh, going forward. Mm-hmm. Don't you think? Think so. That's uh, that would be if it. they even have amateurs. Are they still calling it the Pebble Beach? Yeah, they are. It is the pro am. Okay, so yeah. they'll have the AMs playing. See you after Saturday. Boy, you got to be. You're going to be some doing some lobbying if you're Ray Romano or Lucas Nelson or those guys because you have the titans of inter- industry, the rich guys, who play it year in and year out and everything. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, that'll that'll be a very, very political, which is probably the last thing AT&T wants is some guy that's, you know, important to their business saying, hey, you didn't get me in. Right. That is exactly right. What is – uh? The name change for the for the for the Byron Nelson CJ is it the CJ? It's the CJ Cup honoring Byron Nelson. That is a South Korean company that has taken this from AT and T. The CJ Cup honoring Byron Nelson. How do you think Byron would feel about the Korean company, even though it's South Korea, uh, sponsoring his tournament? I don't know how he would feel about that. That the, the Byron Nelson. It has been in disarray for many, many years. It's now out at McKinney, uh, but uh, I don't know. That tournament's been in, in disarray for a while. To me, I know the Salesmanship Club does a great job funding money, but they've just had venue changes. They do, and they've, I mean, they've turned that uh, event into just a cash machine. I mean, they are so good about the hospitality and the party atmosphere and so on. Mm-hmm. But being, you know, on one side of the PGA Championship since it moved to May and Colonial being on the other side, that's just, it's really gutted the fields in yeah. those tournaments. It really has. And you've got the Zurich Classic, which is the partnership deal, the Byron Nelson the next week, 
then the designated event, the Wells Fargo, then the PGA Championship, and after that, week after PGA is Fort Worth, the Charles Schwab Challenge. So yeah, but uh, I'm trying to think if Colonial. Is Colonial going to be ready to play next year? It's supposed to be, yeah. Okay. They, 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 and it's it is, uh, yeah. It's 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 after the Byron Nelson. It's in the last week of May, which is normal, May twenty third through the twenty sixth. So yeah, I know our friend week. Mark Brooks was up there with Gil Hans uh, this week, looking around and said there, it's moving along pretty well. And TCU, the TCU team's going to have a little practice facility there, right? Uh, which is going to be helpful for TCU recruiting. Hey. Guess what? Next segment, I want to talk about Big 12 golf versus SEC golf. That will be the fun. The new Big 12 golf versus I, I, SEC. Talk about big fields in a couple of years for these conference tournaments. Lordy, lordy, it's going to be big. We'll talk about that and much, much more. This is the 15th Club on KLBJ Radio, proudly brought to you by Texas Mutual Insurance and by ABC Bank. Scotty, I'll be back with more after this on KLBJ.